Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by columnist Elena Yala to talk about her latest piece on Blue Hole Wisdom, a new book about the nuns who founded Incarnate Word University. Welcome to the show, Elaine. How are you doing today? Hi, good morning or good evening whenever you're listening. It's lovely to be with you. It, this is a pleasure. I love um, anytime your stories come up on my, um, Aww, thank my you. subscription. Thank and you. So if you could just give me a quick recap of what about Blue Hole Wisdom and, and what you wrote about. Yes. Well, I've written about the Blue Hole several times, as well as I've written about the headwaters at Incarnate Word several times. Um, it's a beautiful piece of forest in the middle of an urban city. And it was protected from development by the nuns who founded uh, the University of the Incarnate Word. They are sisters of the Incarnate Word. And um, they are very ecologically minded and environmentally minded. When the Pope delivered his encyclical on the environment, it had an impact on so many religious congregations. And the Sisters of Charity of the Incarnate Word were particularly moved by the papal statement that says, we must protect Mother Earth. You know, when they started in San Antonio, they bought over 300 acres from George Brackenridge. Uh, That's why the university is so near Brackenridge Park. And little by little, that acreage dwindled away whenever the nuns needed money to feed one of their ministries. um, They were very big on educational institutions and hospitals. That's why Santa Rosa was established. uh, Santa Rosa Hospital downtown was established by them before Christus now has taken it over. So they were, um, they had this wonderful land in the middle of the city and it dwindled over time. Their mother house on Broadway, adjacent to UIW, had retained about 50 acres. And they were holding on to it, holding on to it, not selling it off. Because, you know, this is prime real estate right near Alamo Heights. You know that it could sell immediately and be developed with huge apartment and condos and homes. But the encyclical came at a time that impacted them. And they decided these remaining 52 acres on which the Blue Hole sits, we're going to protect them. So last year, I wrote a column about the headwaters at Incarnate Word, their ecological ministry, um, uh, going into an agreement with um, several environmental organizations to forever preserve 
those 52 acres. So um, the people who were have been involved in that preservation call the forest, the headwaters at Incarnivore, a spiritual forest. And it makes sense because the Blue Hole, which is also known as Yanawana or Mother Water by indigenous peoples going back many thousands of years, there's human presence detectable on that land for 12,000 years. So long before students of Incarnate Word or the nuns um, at Incarnate Word walked to the Blue Hole and looked down upon it, it was already a sacred place where Native Americans in the area went to a pilgrimage. And the beautiful thing about the Blue Hole is that it wanes, it comes up with water when we have lots of water and goes down when you see it. And at one point, the Blue Hole gushed into the air 20 feet. It was a marvel. People from all over came to see it and to pay tribute to this ecological space. And it has always been used for prayer. It has always been used as a sacred spot for reflection. It continues to be that. And the woman who wrote Blue Hole Wisdom works for the Sisters of Charity of the Incarnate Word. She's the executive director of their foundation. And her name is Bridget Flood. And the Incarnate Word Foundation is in St. Louis. And her book, which is a collection of vignettes about the nuns, is called Blue Hole Wisdom, My Journey with the Sisters. Did you get a chance to talk to Bridget? Yes, and um, she was on her way to San Antonio because the coronavirus pandemic kept her away from traveling. And she used to come here very frequently and visit the nuns and meet with them about all their projects. Um, the foundation does so many projects in St. Louis, Missouri, and elsewhere. So she had been, actually, she'd been working on the book for almost 10 years. And um, I, I love little books like this because... You can put any chapter and read it alone without reading other parts of the book, because each tells a story of one of the nuns and their and her ministry, her um, outlook on life, and how we can draw wisdom from it. So Bridget Flood, um, who is a lifelong Catholic and um, who opens the book by saying that she looked in classified ads. This was 20 years ago when you found jobs in classified ads. <laughs> and, the, and the nuns, you know, the nuns are notoriously, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to use the word that you more normally, but let's just say that they're very um, industrious and very careful with every dollar spent. So they put a tiny ad for their executive director in the St. Louis paper, and she happened to read it and apply, and it changed her life. And so, um, you know, the nuns don't want to spend more on the lad who kill a job, you know, so less than one inch will do. You said she'd been working on this, on this book for quite, a, quite some time. I actually went and uh, read some expert excerpts from the book, and it's some, like, really powerful moving stories did she talk about how she collected these stories? Uh, is this like... Uh, yes, uh, good question. 
Well, um, Bridget Flood knows the nuns intimately because um, she has traveled wherever they are. And um, the nuns are everywhere in the world, but San Antonio is their mother house, their headquarters. So she has traveled with them. Um, she's come here and she's traveled with them to see other sisters in Peru and Mexico and other uh, places throughout the world where they still run um, orphanages or um, run um, soup kitchens. As she, one of the, one of the uh, vignettes is about a nun in Houston who runs a soup kitchen. And um, they talk about cutting up vegetables together and making the soup and then getting so immersed in the conversation that the soup dried up. And this is a woman that, that the nun makes soup for a living, you know, and she talks about how um, their their commitment to their own order and their commitment to God and how they live their lives as examples. So they're all, um, I think that um, I go back to the environment because they all walk lightly on the earth. You know, they, um, wherever they go, they try to serve. That's the number one thing is they serve. That's why they set up hospitals that are charity hospitals are not for-profit hospitals and why they establish institutional educational institutions like Our Lady of the Lake and the Incarnate Word High School. And so she has spent so much time with them over the years, more than 20 years now, that she can write from memory about these exchanges with nuns making soup or go traveling to the Blue Hole with Tere Mata. Uh, Sister Tere Mata is another um, incredible, I mean, if Tere Mata, who is the, the mother, the superior general of the Sisters of the Incarnate Word nationwide, uh, worldwide that is, and if she weren't running this congregation, she would be She'd be in Congress. She would be a university president. She would be uh, a CEO. I mean, she's brilliant. And people, um, she's also been the leader of the um, national congregation of all sisters. So she was elected among all the congregations of nuns to represent them nationally and um, with um, the Vatican. So you can imagine this this very powerful woman who walks very lightly on the earth, who is always concerned not only by political events, social events, she can speak to them. She's, um, I think one of her degrees was in Mexican history. So when you get her started on Mexican history, she is amazing. So Bridget Flood has traveled with Tere Mata all over Mexico. And, um, and Tere says, you know, Tere, by the way, Teresa, Teresa, um, she has um, read and commented on and helped edit the three major versions of this book as it developed. So um, when I asked her, did you, have, um, did you read Blue Wisdom? I knew she did, but it's just the way it started a conversation, right? And she said, oh, I've read three alliterations of it because she was helping to advise Bridget about it and, um, and guide the book. And it was published by the sisters. So um, she is a, a powerhouse and she led the um, movement to preserve and protect this 
spiritual forest in the middle of urban San Antonio. Well, that brings me kind of to my last question here is I'd like to switch gears towards the end and talk about you and your process and how you came to hear about this in the first place. What Mm -hmm. brought your attention to this book? I'm pretty curious about that as well. Yes. Oh, well, I'm always curious about how writers work, you know, and how they gather a story. So this story is really uh, connected to many other stories I've written about UIW and the Incarnate Word Sisters. So I've been at the Express now for over 20 years, and I was born here on the West Side. I'm talking to you um, from my dining room that that leads is in, is incorporated with my living room, and I look out on Buena Vista Street. So I've been here a long time. I grew up on the West Side and went to high school here, even though I've worked at six papers, this one being my last. And so I have done stories about various um, congregations through the years because I was the paper's religion writer for a while. So I've had a relationship with various congregations for a long time. So um, I'm the one they call not only when I'm the person that wants to write the story, but when I will refer them to another writer who might best do a story. So I had done, last year I had done the the breaking, really it was a breaking story about how they were going to preserve that land and no one can touch it to eternity, you know. For the sesquicentennial. Yes, yes. So they decided to make that gift when they had that major anniversary. And, you know, for any congregation, you know, congregations are dwindling. So giving away something is a big deal because, um, you know, this is part of their uh, income. And, you know, this is land that they could um, make money from to support themselves or support their ministries. So it was a sacrifice. And so they um, came to me naturally because um, I had heard of the book, first of all. Uh, years past, but it hadn't come out. And then um, they said, well, you know, Bridget's going to come to San Antonio. You can meet her or you can talk to her via Zoom, which uh, we did, and, um, and, and talk about her book. And then I was sent a copy and I read um, about half of it. You know, I skipped around the vignettes. This is the beauty of this book is that you can have it on your copy table or on your bed table and you can pick up and read this one little chapter, you know. And so that's how I got the story. So it's through basically developing, uh, reporting uh, relationships with people um, in the community who come back to you because they say, oh, you did that story before. We liked it and we'd like you to do another one. And I can't always do all of them, but um, I, I take the ones that I really like. And I really liked this one because the blue hole, which we haven't talked about, is such an, uh, or talk very much about, it's such an amazing place that I encourage listeners who haven't yet visited it, that it's a treasure in the middle of San Antonio. And it won't be the spectacular vision that it might have been 100 years ago when the water gushed out when you in the air. It, it looks like a giant well, and you look down on it and you see the water from the Edwards Aquifer flowing through there. You see little fish making their lives in there. And it's a very contemplative place. So what brought me to ultimately to this book is long years of reporting on both the sisters 
and in the environment and in places like the blue home. Well, I appreciate your time, Elaine. I the, I really enjoyed the story and I, I actually loved reading the excerpts from the book. So thanks again for your time. I really appreciate this. Oh, it's lovely to talk with you anytime. And um, listeners, uh, readers, uh, thank you so much for reading my column. I am so grateful to you and for you, for you uh, when you call or email me, even if you have a complaint. I, I love that, that you're reading. And even if you don't like what I read, I love that you comment. And so keep it coming. We love it. Excellent. Thanks again, Eileen. I appreciate this. Okay. Okay. Good care. Bye-bye.